It's Friday. We're once again back in the studio, and we have the customer experience king himself, Mr. Daniel Brown, with us. As as again, sir, on a, on this fine Friday afternoon. It's going very well, Nick. It's going all the better for that completely over the top and, and entirely <laughs> undeserved introduction. But I'll I'll take it. I'll take it. No. This, that's it. I'm the king now. I, I need to. Uh, I need to. Uh, well, I like to make my my guests feel nice and uh, and comfortable and put them put them on a on a shiny pedestal. So, <laughs> yeah, feed the ego, man. It's insatiable. I can take it all day long. Yeah, that's what we like. I've uh, I've I've got the comments section open, so hopefully we will get a few people joining us shortly and plinking into the uh, the comments section as they usually do on the on a Friday afternoon. Um, but I think probably best thing to do is just to dive straight in. I think with some questions. So fantastic. Uh, for those who don't know you, uh, and I'm sure that's not very many people on the platform, but how did you, why did you come to the platform apart from money? Cause we've already ticked that, that box off. <laughs> <laughs> um, what attracted you particularly to LinkedIn, uh, as a sort of sales and marketing tool and how did you sort of discover the, the platform? Yeah, I think we started the business at the worst possible time, like just before lockdown last year, or it felt like the worst possible time to us. I think then when lockdown hit, we, we sort of won a long-term contract. Um, the girls were off nursery because they were closed. And I thought, right, I've got to do something here to be productive because, you know, I'm not, I can't go and do any client work. We haven't got any clients at this point. You know, what, what do I do? So I was on LinkedIn. I had like 500 connections. I probably posted about 10 times in the preceding 10 years of having a LinkedIn account. Well, I thought, well, you know, this is... This is a platform where people buy stuff. I'm just going to go on there um, and, and get amongst it. And I had no more strategy than that. So I, I came out of the gate right away with some, you know, with some personal content um, and just, just thought I need to build my network as quickly as possible. There was no, there was no grace or elegance to that strategy at all. It was just, <laughs> <That> just, <laughs> just dive add in. As, absolutely. Add as many people to my network as I possibly can as quickly as possible because at the moment we've got a business that nobody knows exists. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, this this was uh, part of my rationale as well. It's like, you know, you spend um, you spend all this time kind of building a brand and building a story around it and blah, blah, blah. It's like if no one knows you exist, it's kind of pointless. So that was Absolutely. my rationale as well for, for getting on the uh, the platform and uh, and saying hello to everyone. Miss Parsons has joined us. Good afternoon, Claire. Hello, Claire. <laughs> Afternoon, me treacles. She says, "I always, feel, I always feel, I always feel like it's Friday afternoon. I always feel like I'm ready to go in the weekend um, when there's a Parsons comment on our on our live stream." So, yeah, and you can't have gifts in the comments as well, which must be hindering her creativity. I, I know. I just, yeah, it, it would be awesome if there was gift support. LinkedIn, if you're listening, gift support in the comments would be freaking awesome on lives. So yeah, and, and turn turn gifts back on to iPhone. They dangled the carrot of gifts working on iPhone for like two months, and it's yeah, gone yeah, there. That's, I think it's. Um, I wonder if it's anything to do with creator mode is maybe broken it I think uh, I, I think LinkedIn's built on this like sort of infrastructure or framework of like bubble gum and, and matchsticks and it's like when they when they when something changes it's like oh the whole thing's just gone out of whack now it's <laughs> yeah I can see it does seem to be that way doesn't it yeah uh oh Rebecca's here as well wifey's wifey's here hello wifey say hello um how much time do you spend uh on your content do you do you have a kind of um 
uh, a structure to it or or you very kind of shoot from the hip how, how do you how do you approach your content strategy that's a really good question so i think i've just had a, a short break like a week um because i just just felt I, I can't i can't commit the time to responding to comments and stuff um, that i normally would but generally speaking i'm trying to post more days than not so let's say minimum kind of four or five times a week um I'm trying to post first thing in the mornings because our audience, you know, the audience that we really want to create in is UK. So we're giving ourselves the best chance of that audience seeing yep. what we're posting. I try and do a mix of, of personal, professional, serious with the minimum amount of just bone dry, professional, like call to action, adverty type of post. Yes, we might chuck a call to action at the end of a, of a post, but I'll try and make the lead in a little bit more convivial than just kind of boom, buy my shit. Um, yep. Uh, buy my shit posts work really well as well, by the way. Yeah, no, they do actually. Just be straight, buy my shit. They do, they do work. Um, but, you know, in terms of actual time spent, not as much as I should. So my content tends to be uh, amateurish in the sense that if I'm putting together a video, I will just, you know, this, close your ears, Nick, please don't, you'll cringe at this. I would just record it on an iPhone, maybe top and tail it with, uh, with something and then bang it out. I don't do as much video as I should. Um, what I will do is if I have a, what I think is a good idea for a post, I won't just chuck it up at half nine in the evening. I'll write it down and I'll put some fr- uh, you know, put some flesh on it the next day and try and post it at a time that I know works for me. So that's about as far as my strategy goes, is post at the right time of day that I know works for me and try and post often enough that people don't forget who I am. Yeah, yes, uh, consistency and repetition is a huge part of it. I, Claire, that is, that, I'm offended. I, I am on my best behaviour so far. I haven't sworn at all yet this afternoon yet. <laughs> I may. <laughs> uh, oh no, I did swear actually. I said buy my shit, didn't I? So yeah, you I did say that. Yeah, you did. I wasn't going to contradict the host. <laughs> Sorry, I apologise. Claire's right. <laughs> um how, how do you think you've uh you've grown so quickly on the platform is, is it do you think it's the sort of um uh kind of double duo of, of you and rebecca sort of feeding into each other's content because it's an interesting kind of strategy from a you know what you're doing um a lot of most people that are on the platform kind of uh ceos or, or people that are, are kind of c-suite they're doing it for the business but their sales and marketing team aren't but because you're both in the business you're kind of you've kind of created your own kind of mini influencer strategy which ties back into that brand it's a it's a really interesting concept which i think a lot of other companies are kind of missing a a a trick on at the moment yeah it's a really good question rebecca's right and magnetism man all the way i I just (laughs) just played on that no um, it's uh, i think it's really interesting the first kind of month of, of starting on linkedin rebecca wasn't active at all but you probably can't imagine such a time but she because she was doing the job she was working full time yeah um and my you know my initial growth came from sending 50 connection requests a day and i was just spamming that connect button like it was like it was going out of fashion <laughs> i wore that bad boy out like you remember the old olympic sprinting games you have in the 90s yeah. i used to get a me. sock for that because you uh, uh, i think it was um uh, daily thompson's decathlon it was like you, had, you have to mash both you buttons rub, and, uh, and the a buttons. technique yeah technique was to get a sock and you go you just rub it really quickly. nice and that still <laughs> you never thought it would come in handy but it did last year because i was pounding that connect button and that <laughs> And that got me, I think, you know, because we've seen a few other people that we've worked with have gone from like 200 connections and then it's taken a while to get to a thousand or so. But then when you get to a thousand, you've got 
a fighting chance of getting some eyes on your post. You've got a fighting yeah. chance of getting 50 or 100 likes. And it kind of, the growth can become sort of exponential from there. Yeah. And I think getting those first couple of thousand by hook or by crook is really important. From there, it becomes more of a kind of an attraction marketing thing where the content that you share, hopefully people will see it and those that like it will will follow or connect. But it really, you know, it really was at the start. It was just, it was just a numbers game for me. I was just firing out as many requests as I could. Very quickly, I think last year LinkedIn throttled what you could do. Um, but when I got to sort of two, three thousand, I thought, okay, this is enough for me to for, to be a bit more measured with it. And I would only then connect with people that I thought would be interested in what I was saying, or that maybe liked to comment on something interesting on my on my content. And it was starting to become a bit more organic at that point. Um, yeah. But I think that, that you make an in- interesting point about the sort of double act that we that we have, um, and you know it's been. It, it, I say it was a competition; it wasn't because as soon as Rebecca started taking it seriously, she just annihilated me, and she's now got like four thousand more um, followers than I do. But it's a race. Yeah, it, it was. It was a little bit of sort of a competitive, you know, who can, who can get the best engagement, but obviously supporting each other's content, and kind of. Um, sparking up each other a little bit. It's, it's, it's just and... a really, really interesting concept that I think a lot of, I, I think this is where um, larger brands and, and businesses are missing a trick in that they're not kind of training the sales and marketing team to be kind of mini influencers that still champion mm-hmm. those kind of core values of the, the brand. That's just my my personal opinion. But Yeah, I, I completely agree. And and you look at you look at most big business owners, owners and they don't really put out obviously Elon Musk being the main exception to that don't put a lot of their personality out into their into their marketing I guess they don't have to but I think there's definitely a sweet spot for for businesses that have not got a huge brand awareness to generate that brand awareness around one person or a handful of people so one company I would say that do get it right certainly on LinkedIn is Grenade um, yeah because all of their marketing team are all over LinkedIn they're sharing stuff that's very personal to the brand but sort of personal to them and they're all kind of singing off the same hymn sheet and i think it works really well but you're right most businesses don't don't make the most of it potentially yeah it's a it's just an interesting way of, of sort of uh combining your narratives into that sort of main 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 brand narrative <coughs> i don't know why i'm coughing again at the moment uh, uh hayley says lego tales was the best couple competitive content ever <laughs> i don't want to talk i don't want to talk about i don't want to talk about lego towers the people were wrong. This was this was Brexit all over again. The people were wrong, mate. I, I built this magnificent, like three D engineered. Like cantilevers in there. It was fucking amazing. Becky built a very nice, but a very vanilla, like two story, um, like townhouse thing. Everyone went mad for that shit. I was so angry. I'm still angry now. I don't want to talk about. Did, it. did you run a poll on it? You should have run a poll. Run, run a poll did, on it. We did run a poll on it, or the equivalent of it, and I got destroyed again. It was like five to one in Rebecca's favour. <laughs> You can't compete. You can't compete. Um, <laughs> if anyone's got any questions or comments for Dan, pop them down in the comment section so that we can get those bad boys answered. It's uh, It is Friday. You know, it's sunny outside. After this, you can go and relax on the veranda with a beer and just take in the views because the weekend's here. So let's see that comment section alight. I know, I know Hedge is there. Haley's there, Claire's there. I want to see more conversation going in the comment section because we know that the conversation drives engagement and engagement drives view count so i want to see more comments because i want more views on my life so get comments yeah. and view count and view count means you know view count means business i think there's an ongoing debate on linkedin about vanity metrics like people say oh well you know just saying that you've had more likes this year than you got last year means nothing yeah of course like vanity metrics 
I can't take my LinkedIn profile to the bank and go, I'd like to buy a house with this 100 yeah. like post that I created last week. But more likes means more likely of someone seeing How big is your funnel? How big exactly. is your funnel? Oh, man. <laughs> people who bang on about vanity metrics wind me up so much because nobody is saying, um, I'm going to make a load of money from these likes. What people are saying uh, is, I've got more chance of someone caring because about what I'm saying. People are seeing it. It's <laughs> yeah, man. It's not, it's not rocket science, is it? Come on, Clay. You can pimp town for worse. Oh, he went there. He went there. <laughs> she went there. I just, I just kind of followed her there. <laughs> uh, Claire says that many, met- many metrics suck. It's called marketing. Uh, Rebecca says, "Sorry, guys, I'm listening while I go for a run, so I'm silent." How, how are you doing that? Oh, you're, oh, you're listening. So you're not watching. You're listening. Okay, yeah, that's fair enough then. <laughs> um, uh, let's have a look. Where have I got to my questions? Uh, why do you think people don't sort of understand still? Why do they? Why have they still not grasped it? Brands and businesses that the value of producing and controlling their own narrative and their own story and putting it out there. Why? Why do you think they still? Do you think there's a fear factor in there? I honestly don't know. I think if you look at you know there are a lot of businesses who do get it right. Clearly, there are a lot of businesses where um, where their social media game is absolutely absolutely on fire and you know, the recent example of of Aldi versus Marks and Spencers now you might not agree with Aldi's position on this because they have blatantly infringed on somebody else's IP but their social media um making the most of that has been genius and they always make the most of anything that's kind of vaguely controversial around their brand um why more don't do it I, I I don't know I guess maybe there is an element of fear of dropping an absolute clanger like Burger King did with um we want more women in the kitchen and the point they were trying to make was we want more female chefs in the um in the hospitality industry but the the, the toning of it the optics of it as someone yep. might say were shockingly bad way off way off way off and i think there is that fear of you know what play it safe we've got an audience that, that you know are expecting us to be kind of safe we've got a bit of a brand reputation and our traditional advertising and marketing is good enough um uh, and maybe they're right. Maybe they're not missing the trick. Maybe for them, that that's not their sweet spot. I think it, it is very much horses for courses. If you've got a slightly more traditional brand, you know, if you're an investment bank, trying to make a really sparky and exciting uh, social media campaign is probably going to be doomed to fail. It's not going to feel authentic. If you've yeah. always had a slight sort of playful feel to the brand like Aldi, you can get away with murder. I think, yeah, and I, I think you're right there. You kind of touched on something. I, th- I think social does lend itself a little bit to uh that that obviously more human element and that more kind of playful nature i think and, and some some brands just that ain't them i guess so yeah they're, they're not gonna Absolutely. they're not gonna touch it <laughs> yeah, agree. Uh, uh, vanessa's part i tried and tried to get my team engaged on linkedin and they knew the potential uh tom says me too vanessa uh if you've got any, don't forget, if you've got any questions, any questions, you can put questions in the comment section and we will try and get them answered. And thank you very much, Jessica, as well, for, for showing up today. I appreciate it. Always nice. <laughs> so while we're waiting for some questions to come in um, from the feed, Nick, I actually got a question for you. Have you watched yeah. the, um, I want to say Amazon series, Resident Alien? Based no. On the comic book. no, no, I haven't. Uh, but uh, a friend of mine um, 
uh, I've got a what's called a Plex account, and uh, he we share each other's Plex account, and he's got it on his Plex account. So yeah, I need to watch it. But I've got Amazon as well. So yeah, I need I need to watch it. Absolutely, I, to watch it. I think it's <laughs> off your street, mate, because it's got that slightly. And I hope you don't consider this a, a negative connotation. It's got that slightly geeky feel to it. It's obviously written for fans of the comic. Um, yeah, yeah. Alan Tudyk, who again geeks will know as uh, as being the pilot from Firefly many 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 yeah, many yeah. years ago. Yeah. It's, awesome in it he's uh he was in uh star trek as well wasn't he i think recent star trek series i think was oh serious i haven't seen that but yeah, yeah i yeah. believe yeah, he yeah. seems to be in that sort of sci-fi he's been typecast yeah, it's, it's it's sort of sci-fi sci-fi the, the, the thing i'm looking forward to this evening which i've been waiting probably about four or five months for is uh shadow and bone on netflix gonna be awesome yes. I've heard yeah. some really, really good things about that. I haven't read the books. Um, I, I read, I read, I read the first book. I mean, it's it's more kind of a kind of um, sort of teenage slash adult fiction. So it's 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 an easy read, but it's got um, kind of strong uh, kind of Game of Thrones ish vibes. I suppose it's like kind of Game of Thrones uh, mashed up with uh, sort of dark materials kind of kind of vibe cool. to it. A lot of magic and stuff, and yeah, just nice. It's going to be good. I'm all over that. And it's got the villain from um, Punisher in it as well, who's, who's, a, who's a good actor. Yeah. yeah. Um, you flashed yeah, a question up there, Nick, and then you got rid of it. <laughs> Poor uh, old Harrison. Where, where was it, Harrison? That's, uh, I'm trying to find it now. Uh, there was definitely a question mark. There we go. Oh, there we uh, go. There we go. I've seen Dan Gibbsy fighting trolls and standing up for his beliefs in the comments on some posts. Are you able to zone out of this drama when you, when you go offline? Is it worth it? Good question. It's a, yeah, but really good question. I think what I would say is that I, I'm a little bit feisty. I toned down my responses to about a two out of ten because Rebecca tells me off for not being on brand if I get too arsy. Um, uh, but you know, I, I really struggle when someone's just trying to be a douche. I just want to rip them apart. I can't help myself. Um, yeah. But I don't. I, I don't to a large extent. Um, firstly, because it's normally on Rebecca's post that people are being douchebags, and she's more than capable of belittling them um, in yep. the night. And she doesn't need my help to do that. Um, but yes, I can. I can. I, you know, I don't, if you ask me to name anyone who's been, who's been a troll on my post or Rebecca's post or anyone else's post, I couldn't do it. Um, so they don't cause me any long-term stress. And I think I forget <laughs> about them the minute I put the phone down, but. The block button is a beautiful thing. I had a couple of people on the, post the other day with it, with it. I was like, you're just trying to bait, aren't you? So I was just like, here we go. Block. See you later. Yeah, Bye-bye. absolutely, man. And, you know, I'm not trying to create an echo chamber. And I genuinely, if I'm posting something that is deliberately provocative, yeah. or even if it's just my opinion, someone comes in and says, you know what? My experience is different or my opinion is this. I'll have that discussion. There's, there's, I love there's, a there's a way of, yeah, there's a way of framing it, isn't there? You don't just barge in with like, you know, this is this is the only way you have a you know an adult conversation about it and, and you present Absolutely. your point of view and then the other person goes yeah i agree with that or no i disagree because blah 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 <laughs> yeah i think the i genuinely think the the art of the debate has been you know almost corrupted to the point of being unrecognizable because of online debates and social media because if you have a debate with someone yeah. in person you have to maintain a level of decorum, otherwise you end up in a physical fight with somebody. Well, there's yeah, there's, be... there's there's levels of nuance and, and body language and and tone, and but you don't yeah. get that from social media. Tends to kind of 
slightly polarize people's uh, opinions and especially when you get the kind of posts where it really kind of polarizes people's opinions you get you get people from both camps just kind of rather than having yeah. a debate they're just shouting at each other it's not... absolutely but you know i've had loads and loads of really high-spirited debates in person in my life because i i like it so i'll play devil's advocate sometimes just to to inveigle my way into some sort of a debate but online people are kind of empowered to be incredibly rude incredibly quickly because they haven't got an actual person standing in front of them. Um, yeah. And that's why I think things descend in when it could have been a healthy and impassioned but respectful debate and it just becomes a slanging match and a point scoring thing. And it's just it's a bit sad, really, isn't it? Well, it's, it's interesting you say that, actually, because I had a, a chat with a guy called Ash uh, Borland who does a kind of personal branding strategy. And um, me and him met because I disagreed with him. He, he, he put a video up saying... Uh, this is a particular length that the content should be. And I, and I vehemently disagreed with him and I, and I explained my rationale for it. And then we connected through that. And I've been on his show now because of that, because I disagreed with him. So yeah. it's, it shows it, it shows it works. Absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, who are some of your uh, favorite content creators on the platform? Please don't say me because it's, it's embarrassing. And you're yeah. also not allowed to say wifey as well. Because that's that that's some bullshit. If I've got to say Rebecca, <laughs> I can't not say Rebecca. And I would have said you, but I'm not going to you now. Um, so, <laughs> I love it. Also, and, and you know, Claire's on here as well. Claire always makes me laugh because she's a, the Parsons. copywriter. So she's got a yep. really good way with words. She loves a gif. Um, you know, Luke Matthews, I really, really like his content because he's just edgy enough to be sort of like, oh, he's getting it in there. But he's obviously, a, he's a really nice guy and he helps people out. Um, cool. Leah, obviously, you know, she she has destroyed the platform and made it her own. Yeah. Um, Jerry, uh, Vic Edwards, if you guys follow Vic, he, you know, yeah, I love Vic really stuff. Candid, Vic awesome. hilarious. He put up a post um, the other day. It was, oh, it, I was literally pissing myself. Um, something about uh, something about being pulled over and and sort of taking cocaine and some other. <laughs> oh, yeah, some other <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah he's brilliant because he flies so close to the sun with some of his posts. It's like, oh, dude, yeah. you're going to get burned. But he's just, he's just it strikes me as a really genuine guy, and, and I like that. Um, there are loads, and it will change. It will change from day to day and week to week, depending on, on who, you know, what the LinkedIn algorithm gods decide to to show me. Um, but there are loads of people creating really good content, and even some of the new and some of the sort of big um, the the big players out there. Oh, I forgot the name of the dude. Um, he works with Shay, long hair, Luke's mate, uh, Jonathan Palmer, JP. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. his content yeah. is like professionally produced, impeccable quality. Um, and he drops some really useful, usable stuff out there as well. Um, yeah. I suspect he gets paid a pretty penny for doing that now, but it, you know, that doesn't mean his content isn't quality and high value. So yeah, I yeah. think he deserves credit for what he does as well. But there's loads, there's loads, there's loads of people, big and small, sharing really interesting stuff. Have, have you have you noticed um, recently, obviously, with the whole, like we talked about earlier, the whole um, creator mode thing being rolled out, I've noticed a really <clears throat> kind of weird discrepancy in my feed in terms of like what content i'm seeing and my kind of view count. i think it's just like it's knocked everything out of whack oh and i did hear something the other day actually which is uh pretty exciting that apparently yeah. by the um i think by the 27th 90 percent of 95 uh, percent of people will have creator mode uh by the 27th and by the mm. 30th everyone will have it so by the end of this month every, every single person will have creator mode which begs first. the question, what does it do if everyone has it? Isn't it just then back to standard LinkedIn mode? Yeah, kind of. Up, apart from apart from obviously it pushes your follower count at the top. I think it does something with your um 
your featured section as well uh but obviously mm. cover stories a big one so uh i am that's the thing i'm that's the thing i wanted uh, creator made for more than anything else is the fact that you can have a little 20 second video on your profile mm. where your picture is uh that the auto plays that people can check you out ah, so, i don't have that I'm, i have creative mode. i don't have that you haven't got that no mm, interesting yeah. everyone creative mode light <laughs> It's it's weird how they roll this stuff out. It's just it's just it yeah, is weird. strange. And what, one thing I think uh, I the only thing I think I've, I've spotted with it is that when I use a hashtag that I've tagged as one of my five for creative yeah. mode, it gets a disproportionately high number of views. The engagement remains the same, largely. Okay. So my engagement rate goes down oddly, yeah. but the, the number of views is, is up. Yeah. What if you if so if you use the same hashtag that you've used in your um yeah yeah so i've got like in, in uh, customer, exactly so i've got like customer experience sales uh i can't remember my own hashtags now but we've got one that's personal to us attract win retain i think if i use any of those i'll get a bit of a bump on uh on on the views there you go rebecca's just said this live was in your header too so i think when you're when you go live now it shows you it shows you as live on your um your header which is is pretty cool oh, okay that's cool in, on your on your banner uh, section, I think. Did not know. Oh, yeah. maybe I need to be looking into my banner then. Can I have a little story on there? Yeah, super super cool. Yeah, so um, it, I think the the cover story bit sits where your actual photo is, so it it plays like a three mm. second loop, a bit like the Harry Potter, um, you know, newspaper things. So you can kind of do something fun where it's like you know you're waving or something like that to get people to click on it, and then and then it goes into the video. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's it's nice, it's nice that. It, I just that that's it. That's all I want. I just want that. Just give me that, and I'll be happy. <laughs> Ah, uh, John. John is here as well. Hello, Mr. Asperian. How, how are you doing, sir? How are you doing? Uh, okay. So, uh, what do you love most about the platform, about LinkedIn? Just one thing. Oh, I mean, it's it's built our business. You know, we, we're we're going to have a really really good year um, in 2021. And other than a couple of referrals, it's all come from inbound leads on LinkedIn. So you know, it's it's given us our business, or it's enabled us to achieve what we well to, to get our business to the point where it's going to be sustainable. That's huge. Beautiful man. Yeah, that's it's. Uh, yeah, I. Yeah, I mean, I I can't. I can't say enough good things about the platform in terms of, you know, how it's impacted my my life, my mental state, my connection to other people, my business, everything. I just mm. I I will I will go to my grave dying like thanking LinkedIn for how how amazing <laughs> and brilliant it is. Defend it. I will defend it to the end. Yeah, and you know, I I'd, I'd add to that. I think that's I know you said one thing, but I would I would just say that from a personal point of view, the fact that I've you know, like, like, you know, I'm here chatting to you. We didn't know each other before I joined the platform. I, I've made yeah. you know, a handful of what I would consider actual friends. Um, yeah. And I had a lot of help from people who were otherwise complete strangers. So I, I don't think you get that on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Maybe I'm wrong, no. but yeah. I don't think you yes. uh, it, it There seems to be a much more um, solid sense of community. I think because you're on a platform that, that's uh, driven by business owners. We're all kind of going through our own sort of set of struggles as business owners. So we all kind mm. of, we all, we all get it, which, which yeah. makes things, you know, there's, there's that kind of common thread, which, which sort of ties us all together, which Absolutely. I love, I love Me it. <laughs> um, what, this is always a difficult question, but what are some of the best pieces of content you've, you've seen on the platform apart from your, your Lego, your Lego tower? 
<laughs> yeah, well, that, that's the best, the best content I've seen. No, um, I, I still, I don't know if you saw it. Uh, um, several months ago, and I think it was the precursor to one of his many bannings. Um, Chris Williams did a video where he was um, pertaining to be Richard Head, his his erstwhile employee in the Williams yeah. marketing office, um, calling his genitals with a desk fan <laughs> whilst listening to music in the office. And it was it was genuinely hilarious. It was really really funny. Uh, well put together, well edited, and it was just it was just you know cracking piece of content. Um, I think you know I think some of the some of the the, the stuff that Leah recently did around her rainbow name. Um, oh, that was freaking genius! Was yeah. Super super creative. Uh, there, there's so much. You know, I'm on there every single day, and every single day I see something that makes me go, "Huh, people are really clever." And there's always something good. There's a bunch of shit you need to wait through, obviously, but there's there's some really, really good stuff up there. But yeah, even now, yeah. six months later, that, that Chris Williams video still sticks in my head. <laughs> there's uh, there's there's gold and then there hills. You just got there to, is. Got to, got to look for it. You've got to mine for it, man. <laughs> That's it. Uh what what one piece of advice would you give to content creators on the platform starting out, do you think? Just if you can overcome your own nervousness. Um and jump in. I think that the one thing that I had to stop giving a shit about was what people I'd worked with previously would think. Because yeah. I was like, oh, what if they see me doing stuff like this? And they're like, what, who does this guy think he is chiming in with videos and, and content? You know, actually, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter a shit what they think of my, of my content. It doesn't mean I don't value their opinion in other things, but it, I needed yeah. to not care about what, what they might think seeing me suddenly pop up with a, with a bunch of, this isn't Facebook content on, on LinkedIn. <laughs> Um, so it is that it is literally that just jump in and don't don't worry about it, it doesn't mean be rude or deliberately offensive but just yeah. be yourself and accept yeah. the fact that some people won't like it but, but plenty of people will yeah yeah Whole, wholeheartedly embrace uh, who you are and, and, and put it out there couldn't have said it better myself right it's that time of the day where we're going to move on to my favourite part of the show here we go. Oh, look at that it's camera time. angle change. The man's a pro. I've still got. I've still got to get a little. Uh, a little sting bit that's going to go in between there, which is going to be like an MGM uh, roaring lion head of, of Captain Video in the middle, kind of roaring, and then we go into the quick fire movie because around just to make yeah, it. Yeah, nice. It, it, it needed no. a sound effect for the transition, but otherwise it was good. Rah, there we go. <laughs> um, so, what is your favourite film? Yeah, this one was horrible. Um, I I went Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, so this is probably why you and Mr. Matthews get on so well, because he is a huge, uh, huge Hobbit nerd as well. So yeah, yeah, good choice. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah I love have it. you seen that? Have you seen them making? Uh, um, I think Amazon's uh, creating a, a series, aren't they? Lord of the Rings TV series. Yeah, I'm trying not to get too excited about it um, until I've seen <laughs> it. Because if you set massive expectations, you uh, do, don't you? You like, it's yeah, it's got potential oh. to be so good. It was it was it was like me when uh, when when the Phantom Menace uh, you know got got announced. I was like a kid at Christmas. I remember queuing up at midnight for tickets. It's like this is going to be this is going to be like the second coming of Christ, and it just wasn't. Yeah. How much was it? Not that. <laughs> <laughs> Jar Jar um, Binks, say no more. Carry on. Sorry, no, no, I've, I've, I've erased that from my memory. So please please don't bring it up ever again. <laughs> um, favorite movie quote. Well, it was, it is the Ezekiel twenty five seventeen monologue from Pulp Fiction, but it's way too long. So I just yeah. went for um, dogs. Uh, I've got personality. Personality goes a long way from the same film. 
Okay, yeah, nice, nice, like it. <laughs> uh, Star Trek or Star Wars? Star Wars. Good man. I need uh, I need come correct with the uh, the correct answer. <laughs> um, first film you remember seeing as a kid? Weirdly, Pete's Dragon, the sort of stop motion animated, oh, half animated, half real people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was amazing. I think that was um, Craig Brooks's uh, one of Craig Brooks's favorite films as well. Have you seen the the remake of it? They did like a live action remake. Yeah, of it. I did. I wasn't a fan. So, yes, yeah. not not as good. It starts off a little bit dark as well, like car car it, crash. It, like yeah, no, I didn't though, hate but... it. Didn't hate it, but it is it is dark because we started watching it with our daughter who was like three, and I was like, oh, not sure about this. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little, little, little bit. Not really kind of uh, for for kids at the start, but uh, mm. um. Uh, favorite genre of movies? Uh, post-apocalyptic. Oh, good choice, sir. Good choice. We need to do a we need to do movie night. I think. Yeah, we, do. we definitely do. Some Doritos. Uh, favorite actor or actress? Oh man, this uh, I I really struggle with this one. I really like Matthew McConaughey. Actually, recently, the last ten years, that the man the man doesn't go far wrong. Yeah, McConaughey is just uh, he's. Pretty much god as, as far as i'm, I'm, I'm really and true detective as well sorry oh true true detective dude but that was that was just a master class in before the, the the scenes where he sat there and they're interviewing him and he's he's smoking cigarettes are just like the the kind of pregnant pauses between the dialogue is just mm. it's a master class in acting it's just beautiful it to watch. And, and the reason i like him so much is because 20 years ago he was just like eye candy in throwaway romantic comedy nothing roles and all of a sudden yeah was just an incredible actor i think it was um i feel like dallas bias club was the first film where he was like holy shit this guy can really act and every yeah. point thereafter like it was in another movie i think it was called mud where he played like a sort of weird hillbilly drifter type of dude <laughs> and he was phenomenal in that and it's just yeah and then true detective like everything about that is just seminal isn't it it's Harrison Harrison said, "All right, all right, all right." <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading. I'm reading his uh, his uh, autobiography at the moment, Green Lights, as well, which is is a uh, really good, thor thoroughly. Nice. Recommend that. I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, well. uh, uh, where are we? So, uh, best Gary Oldman film. If you uh, Leon, clearly. Oh yes, great cracking film that is. There's there's actually two different cuts of that. There's a European cut and yes. Yeah, which is a little bit, yeah, a little bit. It's a bit near enough of the French one, isn't it? I've heard there's yeah. weird yeah. stuff in there. Yeah, a little, a little bit close to the band. There's a scene in there, I think, where, she, where where she's pulling up her pants, and it's kind of implied that there might have been yeah, some. Yeah, I know, of... I know. That's why I didn't watch that version. I was like, I don't want that. I don't want that film ruined for me. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, who is your uh, favorite director? Quentin Tarantino. Oh, that seems to be. I think. I think because I get people the kind of similar age range to me. That seems to be quite a popular um, choice for, mm. for directors. I might start. Um, I might start doing a little, um, a little spreadsheet on it. Actually, see, see. That's a great <laughs> idea. Well, just on Tarantino. <laughs> other than, um, uh, was it? He did. Was it Grindhouse? He did a back-to-back -back thing with um with Robert Yeah, Robert Grindhouse. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was not so good. Everything else the man touches. Impeccable. Uh, I, th I think uh, Hateful Eight is probably my most uh, well, Hateful Eight and uh, Django are probably my two most recent favourite, which are both both uh, both westerns, yeah. both both batshit crazy. Although I think the reason that I love Hateful Eight is because it's basically a western version of the thing, and it's also got Kurt Russell in, and the thing yeah, is yeah. my favourite movie of all time. So, which is absolutely like. fine because it's a quality quality film. It's amazing. 
Um, uh, most hated movie of all time. I don't know. I haven't really. I haven't really hated any movie. This is the thing I was thinking about. It. Have I ever watched something that I've hated? I think I've stopped. I've walked out of films that I hated. I, I didn't. I, I don't like um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Just annoys me a bit. But I wouldn't say I hate it. <laughs> like, it's one of those films that loads will really like. And I just kind of don't get it. So I'll go with that, even though I don't technically hate it. Okay, we'll uh, we'll we'll accept that as uh, as an answer. You probably, I think Rebecca Bay is probably a night. I I, I kind of guess she might be a Nightmare Before Christmas fan, but I I I don't, I, I don't know if she is. If you are, let me know, Rebecca, in the comment section. Um, that's it. We have reached the end of the show. It's uh it's Friday afternoon. Um, yeah, grab a beer, head out into the sun. I I might be doing that very thing this afternoon. I might, my 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 mountain bike has just been repaired, so I'll be heading off out for a ride at around half four. Um, yeah, Excellent. enjoy the enjoy the weekend. Uh, stay safe. Look after each other. Don't get sunburned. And have a cracker. And we'll see you next week. Oh, but before you hit before you hit kill on this, who hit the kill switch? Rebecca is right. I absolutely detested Legend of the Fall. That was the worst piece of shit I've ever seen. It does like, it's like a relentless ride of misery from start to finish. And then when you get the glimmer of hope at the end, boom, have some more misery. The guy's dead. What? A- She's, Rebecca's put fuck off. I I hate that kind of film, Nick. Fair enough. Yeah, there's our answer. <laughs> Draw a line in the sand, Rebecca. Just you just tell us you, tell us how you feel. It's absolutely fine. But Fantastic. we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Thanks, see you later, Nick. Everyone. Take care, mate. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.